Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. A new study out of Japan claims senescent cells, also known as zombie cells, can be eliminated by a new vaccine that reportedly creates antibodies that attach themselves to senescent cells, allowing them to be removed by white blood cells. However, my next guest says no vaccine is required. The tools to eliminate zombie cells already exist in nature. Right now, I'd like to welcome Greg McPherson, the founder of SRW Labs and author of Harnessing the Nine Hallmarks of Aging. Hi, Greg, and welcome to the NutraCast. Good morning, Danielle. Great to be here. Thank you for joining me. So there are nine cellular hallmarks of aging, and one of them is cellular senescence. What are senescent cells and how did they get the nickname of zombie cells? So um, senescent cells are cells that have essentially got to the end of their replicative life, or they may have been just switched off just by mechanisms inside the cell that essentially they're designed to put a handbrake on a cell if something goes wrong. So that might be if a cell gets cancer, for example, or it could be simply just when a cell's done its job. And a great example of that is when you have scarring and your cells and your immune system do a wonderful job of stitching you back together, but they need to be switched off once their job is done. So those are the, essentially, uh, those cells become senescent. Um, and what they do after they become senescent is they quite often, they need to be removed. And so they start to secrete inflammatory factors. And that's where they get their zombie cell name, essentially. And the inflammatory factors are there because it alerts the immune system that they need to be removed. But uh, as we age, our immune system gets a little tired and doesn't pick them up so easily. And potentially we get more and more of them as we age as well. So there's this, we get a burden of these cells in our bodies. So where the zombie comes from essentially is they are living dead. These are cells that uh, don't die. They just sit and age in place and uh, they're not particularly good for you. And uh, they can turn other cells into zombie cells or senescent cells as well. So they um, exhibit everything that you might see in a zombie movie. Uh, where you've got a, an undead cell that's causing cancer. Wow. Okay. So over time, these cells, they stop dividing, but they don't die. That's exactly right. Yes. Okay. When do our cells start aging? We actually, from the day we're born, um, but we have got lovely, lots of lovely growth factors in our bodies and in our cells that keep everything looking nice and fresh and new. But um, probably from our early to late 20s is when uh, aging really start to manifest. Um, and though we don't feel it, Really, I think it starts to kick in in our 40s in terms of actually feeling the aging process. Okay, so would you say like middle-aged folks are the ones who are more prone to have these zombie or senescent cells? Yeah, definitely. I'd say even a little later, so 40 to 50 was when things are starting to actually manifest with a burden of inflammation on the body. And uh, so you really don't need to particularly worry about them before then, unless you've got a health condition or perhaps if you're overweight, because uh, Turns out fat tissue loves senescent cells. And so if you've got a perhaps a little extra there, then um, that means that you'll be dealing with a, a slightly higher senescent cell burden. Okay. And so I know there's a lot of interest out there for anti-aging, but what about this particular type of anti-aging? Is there much consumer awareness for senescence or cellular aging? I don't think so, Danielle. No, I think it's pretty early days. The field itself is relatively new. I think uh, there's been some really significant breakthroughs, but really only in the last five years or so. And there's been a lot of uh, in the lab 
uh, testing. And we know that in certain experiments that if you remove senescent cells from a mice model, that you can get life extension as long as, as extension by 30%, so quite significant. And obviously that's not going to be uh, translating directly into the, the human animal, so to speak. But uh, there is research now being done by Mayo Clinic and various others looking at what, uh, you know, the removal of senescent cells and what, how that affects frailty. And certainly the work in, with our Japanese colleagues that you mentioned in the introduction is also, you know, a good start. And natural products are absolutely brilliant for supporting the removal of senescent cells. What these gentlemen are doing or, or these researchers are doing with focusing on specific areas. So whilst we can remove globally senescent cells, there's a, a real push to see whether we can remove senescent cells from specific tissues so that we can target those tissues and target the diseases that they're involved in. Mm-hmm. What supplements do help with removing senescent cells? So fisetin is a really interesting molecule. Fisetin or fisetin is extracted from strawberries um, amongst other, other fruits. That appears to be extremely good at uh, removing senescent cells. Quercetin is another. And I think there will be a whole raft of um, new uh, molecules that come through as well as, as the researchers really dial into this particular um, issue that uh, affects us as we age. What would you say is driving product innovation in this category? The burden of senescent cells is quite significant and the, the research around it is showing that, you know, if you take a senescent cell and, and transplant it from an old animal into a, a young animal, that that young animal starts to exhibit some of the signs of, of, of the diseases of old age. So it's a really strong area of research and a really strong area of potential. And it's strongly linked to the, um, I think you all have heard the term inflammation. Mm-hmm. We get inflammation with age. So it's quite possible that uh, we can remove these senescent cells and remove that inflammatory burden. And the benefits are quite significant. Senescent cells are associated with cancer, with disease development. So it's a really strong target for researchers to uh, focus in on and, and um, all going well and make some quite significant gains. So the research appears to be promising. What about challenges? What are some challenges or barriers out there? You know, senescent cells are our own cells. So removing them is a wee bit like chemotherapy, where you've got to identify those cells that are perhaps malfunctioning and, and senescent um, and remove them and amongst the, the, your, your own cells. And so this is where fisetin has been particularly interesting and, and useful because it's um, generally healthy to healthy cells, but um, it takes out these anti-apoptotic pathways that, that cells, that senescent cells have. They actually... I guess, survive in their zombie-like state purely because they've switched on various pathways, which mean that they don't die. And so this is the, the beauty of something like fisetin, is it comes in and, and I guess kick the legs out of those pathways and um, then allows the body to terminate the cell. And so you mentioned this form of cellular aging has only been around maybe five years or so, but I'm wondering, are we learning uh, anything about COVID's response to senescent cells? Yeah, it's such a great question, Danielle, and, and the answer is yes. Some very smart researchers uh, made by Matt, Matt Yusufide, um out of Minnesota is looking at uh, the impact of immunosenescence and COVID. And so uh, he postulated that quite possibly the reason that we overreact to COVID with age is, is related to senescent cell burden. So he uh, designed a study with mice um, where he pre-treated old mice with fisetin before giving them a, a murine, a mouse-based 
COVID virus. And um, surprisingly, those old mice reacted very similarly to young mice in terms of how they reacted to the, to the virus. So it's a significant breakthrough. And uh, the Mayo Clinic is doing that research right now to see if that translates into, into the human into humans, um, and um, I can imagine that, that it will have quite a positive effect. So um, for people who are looking to, or knowing that they're going to encounter the virus, looking to perhaps do that in a better way, then uh, it's a reasonable strategy that won't hurt to actually um, trial something like Bicetin to help them with that. That's pretty impressive. So you mentioned, like, say, eating strawberries for fisetin. I'm wondering how many strawberries would you actually have to eat in order to reap the benefits? Yeah, unfortunately, you're talking uh, you know, a trailer load. So um, you, you'll need to t- take a supplement. We've developed a particular supplement um, in our range, which is, contains fisetin, but it also contains um, other products uh, and ingredients which support um, this autophagy and just helping, helping fisetin. both clean up and clear out these sorts of cells. Are there any other ingredients that maybe work synergistically with fisetin? Quercetin um, appears to be particularly good. And uh, we've got a formula which uh, contains withoferrin A. Uh, Withoferrin A is a mild mTOR inhibitor. And and so these are just um, molecules that help trigger the house cleaning autophagy, et cetera. And so just combining those is, appears to be um, synergistic. Okay. Other than taking supplements or, or eating certain foods, is there any other ways to maybe cleanse the body of these senescent cells? Absolutely. It's sort of the things that we, we know are really good for us. So getting a little e- regular exercise is really important. That triggers all sorts of uh, healthy longevity pathways, which involve clearing out senescent cells. Eating a plant-based diet is good, and and fasting all are fantastic. And so, you know, fasting once a day or twice a day, as in just having eating like missing breakfast, missing lunch, um, is really good. And if you want to go to the extreme, if you will, then fasting for three to five days is is particularly good at removing senescent cells and regenerating new fresh cells. So, if somebody is fasting for say three to five days, is there any supplements they should take? I know the body is remarkably good at doing that itself. So if you're able to do that, then I think you don't really need to take anything else. Having said that, uh, we, we have a senolytic formula. So I think taking that, uh, doing the three three to five days with, with a formula like ours would absolutely just support the body and make the best use of the pain that you go through over those three to five days. I was going to say, I, I don't know how many people out there could fast for three to five days, but more power to you definitely take some willpower, right? <laughs> it's painful. Absolutely. And, um, but it's worth it. You feel absolutely amazing at the end of it, but you know, we, I regularly have uh, days where I just eat once a day, just once in the evening. And once you get your head around that and you do it a few times, it becomes very easy. Mm-hmm. Isn't it funny how, you know, for so long, it was don't miss breakfast, don't miss lunch, you know, and now we're actually telling people to fast. Yeah, I had a rumor, heard a rumor that, that it was the uh, the breakfast companies that uh, suggested that breakfast, breakfast was the most important meal of the day. But, you know, it's not, I think it's a mix of not what you eat, it's when you eat. And yeah, absolutely, the benefits of, of fasting are becoming super clear. Mm-hmm. One thing I wanted to ask you is, what is the difference between lifespan and health span? Healthspan is the amount of time on the planet that we can expect to stay healthy. And the average is a little confronting. 
I'm not sure how old you are, Danielle, but I'm in my early 50s and the uh, average health span is 63. So um, it's a little close to, to, uh, to, to home. And, um, and so uh, what, what we're trying to do, the work we're doing is just to help people expand that health span. And then lifespan, of course, is the average age that we are on the planet and will pass away. That's actually uh, has been on a remarkable incline moving forward for the last 150 years, but uh, COVID's actually brought it back by a little over a year in the last few years. It's a, a mix of uh, just general nutrition and childhood mortality and just all the things that we're doing well and how we understand health that's caused and helped us get this lifespan extension. And with all the work that researchers are doing now around healthy aging, I can see that we will have quite a significant health, health and lifespan extension in the not too distant future. Yeah, I was going to ask you just based on some of the research and what you're learning. I mean, when it comes to cellular aging, people do take care of their cellular health. How much could we actually boost our our lifespan? Yeah, I think um, I guess the jury's out on lifespan at the moment. Um, it, it looks. I think anything we can do to help our health span is going to generally cause our lifespan to to uh, to go up. With the technology we've got now, um, I think getting to 100 is going to become like just a walk in the park, so to speak. Um, in my book, Harnessing the Nine Hallmarks of Aging, um, it, the book is essentially um, my take on um, de demystifying a paper that was called The Hallmarks of Aging. And in that paper, there were nine hallmarks that basically um, parts of our cells and our, our systems that decline with age and what's exciting about the stating the nine hallmarks of aging is that researchers have got now nine targets to slow aging or, or to look at and investigate to see whether we can design interventions which positively um, extend lifespan and health span. Um, and, you know, with things like uh, rapamycin, which is a, uh, most people won't know what that is, it's an mTOR inhibitor and it's the first intervention that's extended life in every single organism that it's been tested in and it's been tested in humans as we speak um, and there's no reason that it won't significantly enhance lifespan so you know things like that things like the removal of these zombie cells supporting dna function etc these these are all things that are going to enable us to age consciously well and so you know right now we all know people in their 80s and 90s and even hundreds who have amazing energy at doing silly things like climbing up mountains, et cetera. Well, not so silly, but, um, it, but essentially these people have got to this age with good health, with a bit of luck and some good genes. And I think what's exciting is that for the research that's happening is that we're going to be able to take the luck out of that and we're, we're all going to get there. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned genes, so I have to ask, you know, what role will personalized nutrition and say epigenetics play into all this? significant so um we have an issue with our epigenetics as we age in terms of you know, our, our dna sometimes can get a little confused and can perhaps um express genes that we don't need or not express genes that we do need and and that happens um at an accelerating rate as we age and so uh, you know our, the, the noise can, um, noise becomes gets to a point where it can affect cell function people like david sinclair seem to be making some progress around perhaps reprogramming our DNA so that we can start to polish it up and, and, and perhaps reprogram it so it, it starts to act a little younger. And if we exercise and we diet well and we look after our, our DNA, it's a wee bit like putting sunscreen on your face. Essentially, you know, you, you do that because you're pre preventing the damage of UV rays and it's a really significant 
intervention in terms of the appearance of aging and slowing it down. So we're getting pretty close to being able to do that with, with DNA, a, a particular molecule within one of our products called Hobamine, which is a fascinating product that comes from Himalayan tartary buckwheat. And um, it prevents the damage of oxidative stress, causing permanent changes to our DNA. So it's, it's a breakthrough molecule and we're excited to have it in our formulary. And this particular molecule is, is, is being researched for heart aging, for brain aging. Um, and having some really significant effects in the laboratory. And, and this is now starting to be um, researched to see if it translates into humans, but it's looking pretty promising. Yeah, the R&D out there is pretty remarkable. Uh, what is next for you? Any new research or anything you'd like to share? Danielle, we're doing clinical research on our, um, our formula that's designed to target um, each of the nine hallmarks of aging and understand exactly what, what measurable benefits are we showing? So we're, we're definitely getting some amazing feedback in terms of anecdotal evidence. Um, we did a, a clinical trial earlier in the year seeking to understand the effect on biological age of the cells. And we had a very significant version in biological aging. And so what we're doing now is we're going to do a, a, a much more sophisticated clinical trial that will be being done this year where we look deeply at uh, biological age, but also some of the uh, physiological changes and measuring what of those physiological changes that we manifest as we age, we can slow down. Lots of great research there that we'll have to be on the lookout for. So in the meantime, should we expect to start hearing more about these zombie cells? Yeah, absolutely. There is, uh, I think the Mayo Clinic should be um, publishing some research in the not too distant future. Um, and that'll tell us whether uh, fiocetin specifically is useful for um, reversing some of the frailty associated with old age. And we'll hear whether it has the, the mouse models translate and that um, there are benefits to taking something like fiocetin or, um, or, or our analytic formula in um, in mitigating COVID in older adults. Um, so yeah, I think senescent uh, cells and zombie cells will be coming right to the fore in the not too distant future. Lots of interesting research right there. And overall, just a remarkable area of cellular health. Greg McPherson, founder of SRW Labs. Thank you so much for getting up early there in New Zealand to join me here on the NutraCast. It's a pleasure, Danielle. Thanks so much for having me. If you like what you just heard, you can subscribe to the NutraCast wherever you get your podcast. You can also head to NutraIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutra-related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutraCast next week.